Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lewis, speaking to you after the Raptors lose by a score of 113 to 104 against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, look, no, no great surprise. The Denver Nuggets are clearly, uh, I mean, not only are they defending champions, but there's just an incredible team to watch. Uh, a lot of high IQ players. Probably the smartest player in the game. I mean, it's probably up right up there between LeBron and Jokic, but, you know, at worst, it's the number two behind LeBron. But, you know, led by Jokic, who was just incredible in this one. Uh, I mean, incredible, but it's also like an average game for him to have 13, or sorry, 31, uh, 15, and six, and make a number of plays on both ends of the floor, make the most highlight plays of the night. I mean, in terms of paying the. Uh, these uh, enormous prices to get into uh, any of these um, MLSC buildings. But, you know, on top of paying the, the huge price, I mean, watching a player like Jokic makes it absolutely worth it. I mean, first quarter he gives you a no-look, double-teamed bounce pass in traffic to Aaron Gordon cutting across the lane for a fleeting moment to get you a dunk. By the time it's the fourth quarter, you know, uh, Raptors, you know, cut most of the shot clock and the Nuggets look to be a little bit stuck, except they kick it out last second to Jokic at the top of the three, and with a quick release three, not quite as quick as Steph Curry's um, game-clinching bucket in overtime uh, yesterday, but a very quick release shot um, from, uh, you know, a center. And he not only does it go in before the buzzer, but uh, he also manages to switch the shot. I think that cut it from, or that put it from... I think a nine-point game to a 12-point game at that time. Basically, just kind of took all the air out of the building. But, like, that's the price of admission. And, and he got a huge cheer tonight, you know. Like, there were obviously is a, you know, massive Serbian um, population here in Toronto. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, why not come to celebrate your countrymen when your countryman is, like, the best player in the league? So it was an incredible display, and it was very fun to watch Jamal Murray come in and do his thing. Um, you know, he, he didn't have like an explosive night, but he also wasn't forcing his offense all that much either. But when he obviously had it going, he had it going 20 points, four rebounds, six assists for Jamal in his homecoming. Um, you know, obviously Jamal's from Kitchener and so probably has lots of friends and family in the building as he usually does when he comes to Toronto. And he hasn't actually got a win in Toronto in a minute, mostly because he's been injured, but also because the Nuggets haven't actually won here in a while. But they come in here and they took care of business. Uh, Jamal was able to relax. You could tell he was in a great mood just watching his pregame, watching him warm up. Um, you know, the Raptors also uh, do a nice collaboration with Canada Basketball where anytime an opposing Canadian player comes into the building, you know, Canada Basketball, very classy organization, does a great job of putting together video packages to, to, to thank um, the Canadian players for what they do with the national program. So, you know, there's a big tribute there for Jamal and, and a nice standing ovation for him as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was even great to see you know, Jokic sitting beside him, Aaron Gordon sitting beside him as well. And even there getting up to get the little ovation for uh, Jamal. He deserves it, man. He, he's an incredible player. You know, Canada's produced so many talented players over the years. And you look at it and in the league now. Obviously, Canada's number two behind the USA in terms of countries with the, the most NBA talent. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame that we haven't – I mean, we don't have a top 10 Canadian in, in, on the Raptors, but ultimately um, it is great to see Canadians doing great, um, even though the Raptors seem unable to capture any of this talent in their backyard. 
Uh, but that's just another conversation I have with the front office. And, it, you know, look, it's been four minutes on this episode. I haven't actually talked about the Raptors' performance yet. It just wasn't that noteworthy. Um, you know, it's, this was a flat performance from a team that um, doesn't really have an identity, doesn't really have uh, a unifying force the way that, you know, Jokic is. And I'm not expecting the Raptors to have Jokic. You know, like, <laughs> come on. Like, that's, that's obviously... You know, you're asking for the MVP, two-time MVP, also, you know, finals MVP, too. But just no, like, unifying identity. Um, you know, you wouldn't really say the Raptors are known for their defense, and you certainly wouldn't say they're known for their offense. They're not a team that particularly scraps that hard. Um, you know, they're not a team that is even that entertaining to watch. Um, you know, I think, again, like, go back to the price of admission, which is really high. I mean, whatever. That's, you know, supply and demand. If people are willing to pay, people are willing to pay. Obviously, every seat in the building was sold, so that's good uh, business-wise. But, you know, in terms of, like, who are you excited to come see a Raptor game? Scotty Barnes? Absolutely. Scotty tonight, 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. You know, took it coast-to-coast many times. You know, took it on himself to really relentlessly get at the Denver Nuggets. He had a couple of great defensive plays as well. He's really coming along with these uh, help side blocks. He's really timing them perfectly. He had a really nice block against Jamal Murray. Absolutely, I paid the ticket to go see Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, I, I, you know, Pascal is their leading scorer most nights, and tonight he, he, he got off to a nice start but kind of faded as the, uh, the game went on. Also, I think he got a total of three touches in the fourth quarter, but whatever, that wasn't going to change the outcome. But, you know, Pascal could score too, and, you know, I thought he got off to a nice start. You know, past that, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, it's nice to be in the building for sure. The, the, the game crew does a great job of uh, making a really exciting building, you know, an atmosphere here. Um, you know, they play a lot of music from the 2004, 2005, 2006 era. You know, if you think about Mike James Raptors era, like that's usually the music you hear as well. A lot of Justin Timberlake, some Nelly Furtado, uh, some, you know, 50 Cent, things like that. It's like, all right, yeah, Usher. So, you know, you, you get that you get that vibe, but you also get, you know, just just a nice time watching an NBA game. Uh, but like specific to the Raptors themselves, are you going to get a great effort? Are you going to see great passing sequences? Are you going to see like lockdown defense? Are you going to see guys really, really getting after it? Or are you going to see incredible shot making crossovers? Uh, you know, that's that's what you that's what you you need the visiting team for. And again, I think the visiting team gave us a lot of entertainment. So credit to the Nuggets. All five guys uh, finishing double digits in scoring. On the Raptors side of things, I was actually a little encouraged to start the game. Because, look, I, like, I wasn't expecting them to win. I mean, I, I understand that Denver is, like, leagues above the Raptors as a basketball team. Don't look at it as they beat the Raptors by nine points. No, at no point did the Denver Nuggets even uh, break a sweat against the Raptors. Trust me. But um, I thought the Raptors at least had the right idea coming into this game. I was like, whoa. They're doing something different. What they're doing is they're attacking mismatches. They're intentionally getting um, their wings switched onto the opposing guards, and they're using their size mismatches and either you know scoring over top of a smaller player or they're drawing help and setting up other guys. And it's the same formula that we saw at the end of the Charlotte game, which you know was a victory. It was many things. It was not entertaining through three quarters, but it was great that they came back in the fourth quarter and won it. And, you know, it was like, okay, this is a team that maybe they don't play entertaining basketball, but they have some sense to them. And, you know, the sense to me was you give the ball to your best two players. Uh, Let's give it to 
Um, Pascal, let's give it to Scotty. Let's make sure that they have mismatches, and then let's attack from there. And that's what the Raptors did to start this game. They had, you know, uh, Pascal. They had Scotty switched on to, you know, Jamal, and they went to work, and it looked good. And the Raptors even had, you know, a high point in this game. I would say will be probably four or five minutes into the game. It was nine to three for the Raptors, and you know that's not like. It's not like you, you stop the count, you know what I mean? But, like, yeah, okay, 9-3, that's looking all right, decent. Like, what are they going to do the rest of the way? Well, not much, honestly, not much. Um, second unit comes in, and I thought it was really flat. Big letdown to watch them play, um, especially against a Denver second unit that isn't, like, is not their strong suit. Like, let's be completely honest about it, right? Like, the Denver Nuggets second unit is a big, big drop-off from their starting group. Um, sometimes they'll mix Jokic in with them. Sometimes they'll mix Jamal Murray with them. But, like, ultimately, that second unit is a lot of young guys led by Reggie Jackson, who, I mean, I don't want to talk down to Reggie Jackson. He beats, you know, easily the Raptors' backup point guard. Might even be in contention to start, to be honest. But still, like, yeah, a veteran point guard who's been around and, and is mostly here to, you know, just keep a steady ship and make the occasional play here or there. They came in and, and really did a great job against the Raptors. And, you know, even with the Raptors, a good start. Uh, Raptors' offense completely dried up. They stopped going to those mismatches. Um, they can't really hit open threes. They um, don't really have great sequences coming out of timeouts either. And the Raptors are actually down 29-20 to 20 at the end of the first quarter. Now, you might ask, where's the coaching on all of this, right? If they lose their way, if they lose their principles, what are they supposed to do? Well, you know, we, we start to see some of that towards the end of the first quarter. So um, this time around, Darko didn't have to call the first timeout. That's been a huge trend. It's just the Raptors getting out the slow start. So you didn't see that, which uh, if you want to say that's a positive, then, you know, you, you must be a very optimistic person. But, you know, it, it is a positive. So, you know, I'm an optimistic person. Let's call that a positive. Um, but obviously the Raptors get, you know, out of the rhythm. They slow down. Um, the Nuggets, obviously, they do incredible things. They're doing great. And they take the lead, and eventually Darko calls for a timeout. I believe at this point it was like, I think 18 to 10, maybe something like that. Um, regardless, the score doesn't really matter. Darko calls timeout because the Raptors aren't in a good rhythm because their offense is struggling. And I'm like, this is a great idea. Let's call timeout. Let's draw up a nice play, put probably one of our best scores in an advantageous position, and let's get a bucket. Let's calm everything down. Let's not guard in transition all the time because we're missing shots. Let's, make, let's get a make off a set action, and then let's see if we can stabilize ourselves. And these are the exact two sequences coming out of that timeout for Darko Ryakovich. Out of the first timeout, the Raptors get the ball into Malachi Flynn, get some sort of pick-and-roll action going. Ultimately, it doesn't really go anywhere. Malachi ends up driving downhill, gets a step on his man, but his man recovers, and so he wisely decides, I'm going to pull up from about like seven, eight feet, you know, seven, eight feet, I'm going to go in for a pull-up, but I'm not going to just pull up. I'm going to try to bank it off the glass for the pull-up. Like, this isn't like, oh, the contest was so hard that he couldn't see the rim, and so he, he missed it. No, he was intentionally trying to bank it off the glass on the pull-up. And I'm not kidding you when I say this. The pull-up jumper hit the top corner of the backboard. Like, um, yeah, the top uh, right corner of the backboard, and uh, it did not go in, and the Nuggets went the other way. And scored. So, okay, fine. The first play at a time, it didn't work. But let's go back. Let's maybe figure out a different option. Like, I, I, I've, you know, Malachi wouldn't be the first option. He's not the last option, to be clear, either. But, you know, still, that wasn't a great one. Let's see what else we can get out of the next play. 
Next play down, Malachi comes off a pick and roll, gets downhill, decides he's like, you know what, I'm going to go all the way instead of calling for the pull-up, and when he does shoot the shot, he gets blocked. So these are the two plays coming out of that timeout. Now, you might say the players may not have executed it right, all that kind of stuff, but my question to you is, you know, is the is the play design was the play design good enough and to be honest without uh, you know i record obviously right after the game i'm still here at the arena i still see like you know all, lots of people still in the building milling around so i haven't watched it back fully and so you know i'm sure i can give you a more fully actualized uh review when um when i look at the tape tomorrow morning uh then burn the tape and then you know uh, go on the Raptors show to discuss it but I mean, if I told you that the Raptors are struggling offensively and that the coach calls timeout and he comes out with back-to-back drives for Malachi Flynn, one which hits the top corner of the backboard and the other one which gets blocked, how would that make you feel as in terms of your confidence in this group, in terms of your confidence uh, in the adjustments being able to be made from you know the team but also ultimately from uh, the coach. Okay, so then we go in the second quarter, and you know you can pretty much time your watch to the rotations that the Raptors have because the starting five is going to be the starting five. I know Malika. I know what Darko said. You know previously when he was asked about the fact that look his starting five statistically is one of the worst in the league, especially having played so many minutes together. But okay, you know when he was asked about changing, he said he said you know what? Let me give me. Um, let me let, give me a uh, one or two more games. I want to see one or two more games of it. It's like okay, that seems reasonable. It sounds like a man who's open to change. Um, we have not seen a starting lineup change, like at all. Um, to his credit, we have seen maybe lineup adjustments. Like uh, oh, let's let's within the game, we might not close with the starting lineup, but starting lineup is starting lineup. No, there's no changing about that. Okay, and then not only the starting lineup, the starting lineup, but it's always going to be Scotty plus bench to start the second quarter. Like, these are non-negotiables. This is just, we do this, and even though the results say, you know, the Scotty plus bench lineup isn't statistically great, and the starting lineup isn't great, which suggests maybe we swap out the lineups, change it up. Who knows? What do you have to lose? I mean, you're losing anyway, so just can we at least see a loss in a different way? No. Let's actually see the same lineups. Okay, so then what do we see? Well, Scotty with the bench, I mean, Scotty's super aggressive, so I love that. I love the fact that Scotty immediately gets in the post, scores a jump hook, um, you know, I love that he immediately sees the opponents going under on a switch, and it's, and, and Scotty decides, okay, you're gonna you're not gonna respect me. You got to see the new scouting report because I can shoot threes now. Pull up three against the drop coverage. But then, what do you see from that uh, point onwards? Is you also see a lot of the second unit trying to make plays without Scotty involved or without Scotty directly. Um, directing the traffic. And so what does that look like, right? You see Malachi has a pick and roll, gets the switch where Scotty is not hit on his man, which I believe in this case would be Reggie Jackson or maybe Julian Strother, but basically a guard is on Scotty, who is obviously, you know, gigantic. And instead of feeding Scotty in the post, Malachi sees, oh, I'm kind of open here on this switch. Let me just shoot the three. No chance. Doesn't go in. That's a bad read. It's a bad read, okay? Then you have a play where Precious records a block, and I thought Precious actually played pretty well in this one, so shouts to Precious. Uh, Precious gets a block, and the Raptors are running on the break, and they got numbers. 
And instead of running hard to the basket or running hard to the corner, which is the two things you should really be doing when you don't have the ball on a fast break in today's NBA, Chris Boucher instead runs straight with his back kind of to the basket, begging for the ball the entire time, even though someone's running with him. Um, he's begging for the ball the entire time, doesn't end up running to the rim or to the corner, gets the pass because, like, I mean, at this point, he's just clogging the spacing, even though the Raptors have numbers. He's actually occupying the paint. And so the, the pass has to come to Boucher. But now Boucher has the ball in the post against a smaller player. And he's trying to make a play out of that. And instead, he, he holds it, waits for a while. Precious, who got the block to start this play, ends up finally trailing the play. And then Chris tries to shovel pass it to Precious. And it's just an obvious pass. And the space is so congested um, that the Nuggets pick it off and they go the other way and then they score. Okay, that's a, that's a tough play. Then you have um, another play where the Raptors are on the break. Precious gets an early seal against a smaller player, holds his hand up, and he says, I need the ball. And so the Raptors throw Precious the ball. And I don't even hate this play. Like, it's, it's something, for example, Pascal and Scotty do this a lot, or even OG does this a lot. The difference is, obviously, those three guys are way better at scoring and much more experienced to post up a smaller guy and convert it. Precious calls for the ball in the post. He drives one on two because their help does come for the Denver Nuggets. Unlike the Raptors, they actually have very, very disciplined help, and they bring the help, even against Precious, who probably wasn't that much of an advantage against the, in the post. Instead of seeing it and kicking it out, Precious forces a one on two, and, it, it, and it, it's a hard miss. You know, it, it's things like that that just doesn't look great. So Darko decides, you know what? I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Let's bring in some of my main guys in. Jakob, Dennis, OG, let's bring you back into the game. Let's take out, you know, Chris. Let's take out Precious. Let's take out whoever, right? Uh, probably Malachi. And so now you have, you know, you have Dennis on the floor. And one of the reasons Darko said, like, you know what? I, I want Dennis on the floor. I want a point guard on the floor at all times because I don't want to play Scotty at point guard because it might exhaust Scotty. You know, I, I think, it, you know, um, Darko's specific reasoning Stated on record is that I want to see a point guard on the floor because they can bring the ball up um, and that it can reduce some of the wear and tear on Scotty for having to do that. So I'm like, okay. So then in this instance, Dennis is on the floor. He just checked into the game. You know he's fresh. But instead, the Raptors gave the ball to Gary Trent to bring the ball up. And Gary's bringing the ball up. And Literally, Jamal Murray, who had tried to make a drive the other way, fell. He was behind the play. The Raptors rebounded. Gary's bringing the ball up. And, um, yeah, Jamal Murray literally runs in from behind, picks him clean, and takes it the other way for uh, a dunk. And it's like the most simple play, but it's like, you know what? We're not going to execute any of that. We have a point on the floor. We're not going to have him bring the ball up. Uh, and even though it's one guy running in from behind, no one's going to communicate. And no one's going to have the awareness. He's going to steal it, and then he's going to get a dunk the other way. All right? It's just like, fine, fine, fine. Let's, let's just move on. We, can, we got a bad play. Let's move on to the next play. What do they go to? Jakob Pertl's in the post, and he's trying to set up some action. I mean, Jakob is, when he gets in the post, he never looks to score. Like, I'm talking one in ten opportunities. Jakob gets the ball in the post, and he's looking to score. And so when you're not looking to score and you're always looking to pass, it's easy for somebody to sneak up from behind you, pick your, pick your pocket, and low-key, Jakob has not done a good job protecting the ball. I mean, maybe not low-key. It might be high-key at this point. He's got a pretty bad turnover rate for a guy who doesn't even have the ball that much. But he's in the post. He's desperately trying to give up the ball. And the Nuggets threw a second defender at him, forced the steal, and turned the ball over. Then the next play down, the Raptors run pick and roll for Jakob. 
He tries to, you know, he gets it on the roll, tries to go up, and Jokic blocks him. You know, um, then you have a play where the Raptors, again, started the game. It worked really well. I don't know why they stopped doing this, but they were on a pick and roll with Pascal. They get him switched onto a guard, this time Jamal Murray. And instead of, uh, you know, getting the ball to Pascal in the post, Dennis Schroeder, who has Aaron Gordon, who was Pascal's defender, switched onto him, decides, Dennis decides, I'm going to attack Aaron Gordon. And then he loses the ball just off the drive. It wasn't even great defense. It was just he was dribbling. He lost the ball. And Aaron Gordon picks up the ball, goes the other way for a dunk. Then you have sequences where Gary's pump faking a three, sidestep into the corner. Jamal Murray blocks him from behind and keeps the ball. Then you have Dennis trying to drive and Jamal Murray blocking him on a drive. Then you have, after all this, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. walking into open shots, open layups. And... um, yeah, you know, that's how you get down 17 at halftime. Are we going to see adjustments? Nope. It's the exact same starting five on once again to start the third quarter. The Raptors really, I mean, Scotty did a lot of the scoring, and I credit to him. He, he's, he's fighting hard. He's trying to will this team forward. One man is not a team. And, you know, it's not really doing much. Meanwhile, the Nuggets are passing the ball beautifully. They're getting effortless shots. If they ran through their sets half with half the pace that they even do, they would still score the same amount. Like, that's how slow the Raptors' defense was to react. And they don't really eat into the lead. And, and you get to the fourth quarter, and Darko's like, you know what, I'm going to get creative. Fourth quarter is my time to get creative. Like, forget the first three quarters. You know, you know this, the scope of coaching in those first three quarters, we got to make sure everyone gets their touches. we got to make sure we keep a good mood and a good crowd. But fourth quarter, okay, fine. Let me, let me, let me get into my bag. So what's in the bag? OG and a bench unit. Interesting. Okay, so you don't have Scotty or Pascal on the floor, who are your only two half-court creators, but it's OG plus bench. And honestly, I'll give them some credit. That OG and bench unit actually did something. Now, I don't think it's like great process to play that on a consistent basis, but hey, you have Precious keeping the ball on a fake dribble handoff, getting downhill, dunking the ball. Then you got Gary getting fouled by Peyton Watson, shooting a three. He goes to the foul line, makes all three, which is great because Gary was missing free throws. Very uncharacteristic to start the season, missing free throws. But he goes to the foul line, makes all three. That cuts it down to nine. That's the first time the Raptors have been within single digits all game, you know, basically since the first quarter. Raptors threw some zone in there as well. It was like, wow, look at Darko putting in some zone. Chris Boucher sneaks in for a putback dunk. That cuts it down to eight. Then you got, you know, a timeout by Denver, and it's like, okay, Raptors, you know, are only down eight. Like, I don't think they'll win, but, you know, they, maybe they'll tie the game, maybe force a close one. Uh, the Nuggets call timeout. The crowd starts getting into it. They're like, yeah, we paid hundreds of dollars to see this one. Let's go, let's go see the Raptors come out of this and uh, sustain their comeback push. And, you know, for me, I was like, you know, it's interesting because what Dennis, what, what Darko just did there was he actually went to, you know, what the Raptors are built to do, which is to put a lot of forwards on uh, and then not really rely on a traditional point guard. If you remember that the Raptors have been doing this for the last couple of years, this is obviously all under Nick Nurse. Um, and I'm not trying to say, you no, know, who's a better coach, whatever, because, like, let's be honest, it's not even a conversation. But, like, I'm just trying to say that this has been done before and it's a tried and true thing where the Raptors put in a lot of forwards, which is pretty much all the front offices to stock this team with, um, and then they're able to switch. They're able to play some zones, especially some junk defenses. Uh, and then they're also not having much of a size mismatch to give up on. So, you know, the fact that it was Precious, it was OG, it was Chris Boucher. Um, who else was on the floor at this time? So oh, Scotty was on probably at this time, maybe. I think Scott, so Scotty was on as well. 
Uh, and then and then it was Gary. So basically four six nine forwards who could switch everything, lots of length, you know, play zone, blah blah blah. And then one, you know, your biggest guard in Gary, who is largely there for catch and shoot threes on kickouts and stuff like that. That lineup worked. So what does Darko come out of that timeout with? Dennis Schroeder in for Gary Trent. Now, I'm not saying that this changed the game. I'm not saying that this is something that, like, ultimately flips everything on its head, that, uh, you know, this is what broke the game. In fact, when Dennis came in, he had a nice driving kick, touched the paint, kicked it out to Precious in the corner for three. I mean, Precious left open, but still, good, good read, and Precious knocked down the three. That cut it to five. Uh, then it was a, a very unfortunate defensive breakdown where you know, Jokic was kind of slowly getting his way downhill. Chris Boucher rotates all the way off the corner from KCP to try to help, but instead Jokic actually passes it to KCP in the corner. So Chris made the rotation. It's just he rotated completely off his guy rather than you know onto his guy. So that that negated the three from Precious. But next time down, Dennis you know, drives and, uh, you know, or an OG drives in the middle, um, collapses the paint a little bit and swings it you know, to the opposite corner or opposite wing to Dennis for a three. So it's back down to five. It's back down to five, and it's looking, you know, like they might have done something. But unfortunately, you know, the Nuggets start to, you know, get into a rhythm, get into a groove. They put Jokic back into the game. Obviously, whatever defense you want to put, switching zone, whatever, it's just not going to work against them. Eventually, the Raptors get it. Um, even though they got it down to five, the Nuggets push it back to 12. So essentially, it's just like, look, it, you know, this is our game. So at Darko calls, calls his last timeout. This is uh, 108.96, three minutes, 24 seconds left. Darko calls his last timeout. Um, not of the game, just like uh, of, not, not like the last one he had in his pocket, just the last one of the game. Darko calls the last timeout. I want to see what they come out of this timeout with, right? And so they come out of this play with a Dennis uh, having the ball, pick and roll with Scotty. Uh, they force the switch, so they do get Dennis's man, Jamal Murray, switched on to Scotty. Um, but instead of making sure that Scotty gets the ball in the post and a mismatch against Jamal Murray, Dennis instead pulls it back out to the top, runs a pick and roll with Precious Achua, and Dennis gets a bit of a step downhill, but not enough really to get like an open look. But he gets a step downhill, he plays pick and roll with Precious instead. Now, KCP ends up slapping the ball because he's a little bit behind him, slaps the ball, and, and really he does get Dennis's arm. Um, but instead, the referee on the baseline, even though he's right there, calls it a jump ball instead. Um, now, Dennis is hopping mad because he's like, hey, I got slapped. You know, and Dennis is, is jumping up and down. Darko sees this, and he starts jumping up and down. Now, you know, eventually the Raptors – not, you know, the assistant on the bench whose only job is to take the iPad and, and look at reviews and, you know, uh, tell the coach, hey, we should review this or have that sort of decision ready. Like, you're essentially we have, like, an assistant coach that is just, like, on every team that is there for instant review. Uh, not not from him. It was from the Jumbotron here in the arena. They showed a replay of that sequence. And Darko sees it, and he literally runs onto the court, is jumping up and down, hopping mad, literally hopping mad, calling for the T, calling for the T, calling for the T for the timeout so that they can review. And so the referees notice this, and they're like, okay, fine, let's, let's, let's convene, you know, and it looks like for a second, oh, the Raptors are actually going to review this. And honestly, watching the play, I'm like, yeah, they probably will win this. Except the referees get together, they talk for a brief moment, and they come out of it, and they go to the, the, the broadcast table, and they're like, yeah, actually, um, 
you know, you guys might not know the rules. I mean, they didn't say this, you know, verbatim, but this is essentially what they're saying is like, yeah, it turns out um, you can't even do this in the rules. You can't review a jump ball. So after all the histrionics, after Darko finally uses his timeout or uses his challenge, after seeing the replay and everything like that, it was all for naught. And it's, it's compounded by the fact that, so the Raptors end up doing the jump ball anyway, whatever, big waste of time. But they do the jump ball anyway. Dennis ends up uh, winning the tap out. But instead of it going into the hands of a teammate, uh, somehow Casey, somehow somebody is able to jump ahead of Precious to get the rebound instead, and the Nuggets go the other way uh, and get possession anyway. But, I mean, it was just very funny to me. In a cruel way, that was very funny. Like, it wasn't ha-ha funny. It was, like, oh, damn funny. But, uh, yeah, Darko decides... I need my point guard in at all times. And we've detailed a lot of times on the show, talking to Dennis directly, how close those two guys are. Let's put him into the game. Let's make sure that uh, I use my challenge for this too. Not just like I put him in the game to close, which is already a a level of trust. No, I'm going to save my precious challenge for this. And it turns out that play isn't even reviewable. Like, I'm not saying the Raptors have the talent to to beat the Nuggets. Um, You know, I, I think that I wasn't expecting them to, to defeat the Nuggets. The fact that you told me that, you know, if you told me five hours ago that the Raptors would lose by nine to the Nuggets, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. They're a really good team. Um, but some of the decision-making I just find to be questionable. Like, if you're already at a talent deficit, you know, why not play the optimal strategy? In terms of changing the starting lineup? Uh, in terms of riding with the former that got you there, with the forwards? And even in terms of challenges, like, you, I, 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 this is probably something I should know because obviously I cover every game, but when was the last time the Raptors won a challenge? That was like a big challenge. It erased like three pl- points. It reversed possession in a key moment. Even challenges, I don't feel like the team does well. So, yeah, at, at the end of the day, like, the Raptors lose again. Um, it was great to see Scotty forces, you know, Will onto the game. Um, didn't even shoot the three well, but, you know, in the moments that he got the mismatches, he would have punished them. It was great. He's going to get your first star. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, a block, 33 minutes, uh, 13 of 21 shooting. Look, all-star voting is open now, as you probably already know. You should vote for Scotty Barnes just so that his effort isn't in vain, night to night. Like, he plays really hard. He's made this jump. It's not on him. You know, is he able to single-handedly make the Raptors a winning organization instead of being 11 and 16? No. There's a lot of things working against him, including, my opinion, the current moves of the coach. But, you know, I suppose people can improve. I suppose that the team can improve as well. But, yeah, um, you got to hand it to Scotty. He's been playing well. Vote for Scotty for All-Star. It's not his fault. That's, that's actually the campaign. Vote Scotty for All-Star, comma, it's not his fault. Um, your second star is going to go to Precious. I actually thought I like Precious in this one. He outplayed Jakob once again. Jakob got benched once again. But the last game, it was like, well, um, okay, it's the Charlotte Hornets, but also they're playing a lot of perimeter players, so I guess we can't play Jakob. But, like, now we literally have Nikola Jokic. And, you know, it's as it's like him and Embiid, obviously, as the top two most dominant players in the league, period. But, like, if you want, if you have a defensive center, which Jakob is, if you have a defensive center, you would want him in for these kind of matchups. And I wasn't expecting, you know, Jakob to, like, shut down Jokic or nothing, but at least improve your defense against him. No improvement, nothing. Benched at the end of the game, once again, doesn't see time in the fourth quarter. Um, 
Yeah, but Precious played well, and I'll give Precious his credit. 13 points, uh, 6 of 10 shooting from the field, knocked knock down the 3, 4 offensive rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. You know, uh, a decent, decent minutes is what I'll say. And then your third star, uh, there's a case to give it to Pascal, but I think he just faded, didn't really get the ball that much. Honestly, if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Gary. I saw, like, three or four nice playmaking moments from Gary tonight, so... Happy to see that. Would love to see that on a more consistent basis. He did run a couple pick and rolls for the second unit and did look decent all right doing it. So 12 points, three rebounds, four assists for Gary Trent, 29 minutes off the bench. That's enough for me. You're going to get the, the third star. You're Gerald Henderson Award winner for the opposing player that randomly lit up the Raptors. I mean, nobody really, but if I had to pick one, i go with Peyton Watson. Looks really talented. We had a discussion about this with uh, Adam Ares, who covers the Denver Nuggets um, on the show earlier today. And one of the big discussion points uh, was about Peyton Watson as sort of, you know, amongst these other like pieces for the Nuggets that weren't championship contributors last year. He's the guy that is most likely going to contribute towards it. And you can see why today. I mean, he could shot, he shot the three, you know, he one one for one, but, you know, look comfortable doing it. Um, big defender is able to play athletically in transition. I uh, handle the ball a little bit, too. Um, honestly, he looks like a well-coached version of a Raptor, so good for him. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of damning to me that it's like, okay, the Raptors don't have the MVP like the, the Nuggets have Jokic. They don't have a, you know, all-star level guard like Jamal Murray on the Raptors. Um, I mean, Jamal hasn't made an all-star, but we know what he can do. He is that quality. They don't have, like, they do have some good role players. Like, they, you know, Aaron Gordon, OG, like, you know, take your pick between the two. Michael Porter Jr., obviously, is a, is a really nice shooter. KCP is a nice shooter. Whatever, right? But, like, even the Raptors' prospects don't look as good as the Nuggets' prospects. And that, to me, is, like, damning. Like, a championship team shouldn't also have great prospects that are better than your prospects. But, you know, again, I, I mean, whatever. If you want to say Scotty's a prospect, I wouldn't say. I think he's made it already. If I'm saying you voted for All-Star, I wouldn't consider him a prospect. If you take Scotty off that prospect list, you take the Nuggets' bench versus the Raptors' bench, eh. you know, you know, Nuggets got some nice pieces, and, and they play smart, they play well, and they play disciplined, and... Uh, Credit to them. You know, big difference between the two organizations. So uh, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, we will have more coverage off the team all throughout the season. <laughs>